to Malaya Podcast, where my guests and I explore our family culture and shared stories passed down from our heritage. So we are going to be talking about myths, folklore, or crazy superstitions, and some heart-to-heart conversation about our families. So hi everyone, welcome to my first ever podcast. Um, I'm your host, MJ. I'm super excited for this project and I've been thinking about the collaboration with um, other people, you know, getting to know their stories, families, culture, and about themselves. So for uh, my podcast, I chose the title Malaya, which is a Tagalog word with the literal meaning of freedom. So my objective for this podcast is for my guests and and I to have uh, open conversation, share experiences, and have freedom to express themselves and also have the freedom to be who they are while during this podcast. So without further ado, I am introducing my first guest and my good friend, Katara. Hi, Katara. How are you doing? Hi everyone, I'm Katara. Thanks for having me on your first show. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you were so down for this. <laughs> this is like a one year <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of uh, journey, I guess, of really thinking of what I want for the podcast. Um, just, I was um, inspired by my fiance. Um, he has his own podcast, so. I kind of wanted to do um, kind of the same, not the same format because all his podcast is about like, like what he quote unquote said, it's nerdy. Um, I don't think (laughs) I'm much knowledgeable (laughs) when it comes to that, but um, I kind of wanted to do something about culture and with all this, you know, quarantine, um, it made me kind of inspired to really start on this so oh by the way we are physically social distancing all right so um with your getting to know you uh, as a person in your family um i know a little bit about your background i mean we know we knew each other for like what almost seven years i should say Oh my goodness that sounds long (laughs) yeah way back in bachelor's degree yeah is that thing yeah, seven yeah, years? I, yeah. yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. And so um, if if I'm correct, <laughs> um, that your background is Hmong. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I actually don't know much about um, Hmong culture. Um, I The first time I knew about the, the Hmong culture is when my dad and I went to Sac State Orientation that's like what 2013 mm-hmm. um and my one of our like you know one of those orientation leaders yes she was mong and then my dad was like what is mong and i was like yeah what is wow. mong so because i lived in the bay um and majority of i guess population where i live is like really like filipino um latinos um yeah african americans um and you know um white so it's like i don't really have know much about like other asian culture i mean even when i was in the philippines um which i grew up there um it's i've never heard of that so i see 
yeah so you know this is i guess this is a, a good opportunity for myself and for other listeners that may not be familiar with the Hmong culture to kind of just introduce what it is and what um kind of culture or traditions that you guys follow um in your um Hmong culture sure yes i would love to share about the Hmong culture um so Hmong it is spelled h m o n g in the Hmong spelling, it's H-M-O-O-B, Hmong. And so um, many, m- many of the Hmong people here now in the United States um, emigrated here. Um, they sought asylum here. And so uh, originally we're from Laos. That's where my family's from. Uh, but Hmong people, we are all... Um, we, we are all throughout, like Laos, China, Vietnam. Um, but my family specifically, we came from Laos. And so so my parents arrived here in Sacramento in, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And when they arrived here, obviously, it was a culture shock. Um, you know, they they never even seen white people before. And so coming to Sacramento, um, they you know, received assistance from the government. Uh, My parents were farmers because they were already familiar with agriculture. Mm -hmm. And so my parents were farmers for as long as I knew. And um, even now, many, many older Hmong individuals are farmers um, because, again, that's something that they were familiar with back home. Uh, for me, I identify as a first-generation Hmong American. So some of the hardships that my parents have overcome, uh, obviously, were the secret war. Um, during that time, my father, he was actually imprisoned by the communists. And so he was separated from my mother and my siblings for a year. This time, my mom was traveling on foot with her kids um, just to seek some type of um, refuge. And so my mom and the kids, which were my siblings at that time, uh, my siblings, uh, they had to... um, escape and they were basically in the jungle seeking like other people seeking refuge and my dad he was imprisoned by the communists and I never um, asked my dad and I wish I would have before he had passed but I would have asked if he was tortured because he was in prison and so I don't know what my dad went through for that whole year that he was in prison but eventually my mom and dad, they found each other again after that. And after that, that's when they went to Thailand into the refugee camps. And they waited there for a couple years before coming to the United States. And so um, when when you see Hmong people talk about the secret war, it's because it was so impactful in their families' lives. Um, and so that's, that's how that impacted my family. I, I also... Yeah. No, I was going to say I've actually never heard about the secret war. So this like this is like very new to me. Um, um so 
yeah it's like something that um yeah it's just like eye-opening i mean i heard about like wars in each like you know country we have our own wars but i just i never heard of it so but you know thank you for sharing and opening um that kind of um part of your parents lives so sorry to interrupt go ahead (laughs) (laughs) yes you're welcome yeah there's just um something for all of us to be mindful is that there's always wars um in the world and not all of them are broadcasted and Mm. so yeah the secret war that's why it was called a secret Mm. because not many not many americans knew about it the Hmong people were recruited by the u.s government the cia as allies to fight the vietnamese communists and so um yeah it it was a secret and Hmong people were part of the allies and for that reason that's why we were uh, given asylum to relocate here in the United States. Um, I also want to dive into a little bit about the the Hmong family um, system and um, something significant about the Hmong family is that it's very, um, it's family-based, it's community-based. So many of um, our decisions we uh, run it through our family, our community. Um, gathering is very big in our culture. And also for our loved ones that have already passed, we still um, seek their guidance in our in our daily lives. Do you have like specific like traditions that you guys go to? Or like, you know, for example, when it comes to like, kind of get venturing out. But um like with spirits and traditions like that i know like for us we have like like a typical like november 1st for us where it's like um kind of i think it's like a all souls day where we you know go to the cemetery um offer like you know food candles so it's it's the same as in the i guess the spanish culture mexican culture um Uh. with the (laughs) Dios de la Muertes, I think that's um, the right what it is, but that's what we're consider as like a tradition when we want to kind of celebrate the death. Do you guys have like kind of the same kind of traditions when you talked about like guidance um, as far as like, you know, from from ancestors or things like that? We do have a similar tradition. Um, we don't have a specific day or time of the month that we celebrate or we do these rituals, but um, at any time when we have our um, events that require calling on the ancestors and calling on our past loved ones, then that's when um, a elder will burn essence and call on those um past loved ones and that can also uh that can happen at any time so for example if uh tomorrow if i you know was gonna go take a test or an exam and i wanted my dad to watch after me and give me strength and courage something i can do is burn my own incense and call on my dad and um you know just um request that he watch over me and give me guidance 
So it's like that kind of like what you said of getting guidance from someone who passed away and kind of with their spirit help you out throughout, I guess, whatever adversary you're going through. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't think about it before, but now just having this dialogue about it, like even, even when our loved ones are gone, yeah. we still, we still include them in our circle, in our decisions. Yeah. So that's yeah. very interesting. I haven't processed it that way before, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the Hmong, the Hmong culture. We're just so family and community based, um, and and you know, there's pros and cons that comes with that. I think with all of the family, it's you know, there's good and there's <laughs> bad. I, I I mean, it's like typical of of what goes in in a family itself there's things that as far as like family bonding um there's probably just a lot of like gatherings i think i went to one of your parties and there was like a lot of people like i think i went to like uh your son's baptism i think yeah. it was my baby shower was it was it <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it did i say baptism <laughs> baby shower <laughs> <laughs> we don't have baptism in our in our um, yeah. culture, but yeah. yeah, I think it was a baby shower, and that wasn't even Hmong related, but but I guess it's um, common in um, Asian Asian cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, this community based to have like large gatherings, large gatherings. Yeah. yeah. How many like generation in your family are here in um, the United States? There's. I believe there's two. So there's my my mother and then and then all my siblings. So all my siblings we would be considered first generation Hmong American. Okay. So then that would make me I guess a first generation then. Well, since my family oh, my dad, my parents and I and my siblings, we came here in 2003. Would that make mm. us first generation? I mean, I mean, our my grandma, my grandmother was here. My dad's mom. Oh wow! Since the eighties, I think mm. she was like in Germany, like she was in Europe before, and then she came here and she got married. Mm. Um, and then, um. I think along the way we were petitioned to come here, but my 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 um f- my dad he was actually petitioned before um he married my mom, mm. so um he was petitioned a single, but they got married. So oh. um his brother, so my dad's brother and my dad's sister, they came here first. So they were here like in nineteen eighties. Um, Because they were petitioned. And then um, my dad was held back because his status changed Mm. um, from single to married. So we came 18 years after. So, like, we came in 2003. That, like, change from status to married, that pushed back. Um, wow. Yeah. 18 years. Yeah, because my dad didn't want to do, like, I guess like fraud because I mean it's the government <laughs> I don't want to talk <laughs> politics but he doesn't want to um, 
like you know commit fraud so you know he's married in the philippines but he's gonna come here as single um Um. he doesn't want to do that so he waited um and then you know another two pop out my siblings popped out (laughs) um and then i think i was I think i was born already when my dad was petitioned but i wasn't sure but he didn't want to leave us my mom and i, I see. Yeah. um so yeah. he stayed but so i mean going back to your uh to your culture are there like tra- other like traditions that you still celebrate while you're here in um united states yes one of the big celebration for Hmong people is Hmong new year and that occurs in, in California, that occurs usually November, December, the month of November, okay. December. And so, yeah, that, that's a, a huge cultural celebration that I participate in. Um, I, you know, encourage my kids to participate in. We dress up in our cultural clothes and just go out and have, mm. um, you know, a fun time. Um, and we uh, we eat culture food, uh, listen to music, and just enjoy ourselves. So Sacramento usually goes on for three or four days uh, during November. So that week of Thanksgiving, that's when Sacramento Sacramento Hmong New Year happens. Um, for, and then, for example, for Fresno County, their New Year usually happens in December, and that's a couple days as well. Um, so yeah, each county usually hosts their own celebration for for the community, um, and anyone can go. You you don't have to be Hmong. You can be in one of the community, and you can also join and participate. Um, yeah, so that's usually a couple of days of celebrating. Is it um, for when you guys celebrate your culture? Um, is there like specific event that you always like want to like see or things that you felt like it's missing when celebrating like um, the, the the monk um, oh, what do you call them like a Hmong New Year Hmong New Year yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, um, what I usually look forward to going to the Hmong New Year is food, um, you know, authentic Hmong food or uh, just any yummy food um, in songs and performances mm. that are in Hmong. Um, I know many people look forward to the Hmong pageant. So, okay. um, you know, there's always a pageant show where they crown Miss Hmong um, Sacramento. Um as far as Hmong New Year, that tradition at home, as a family, we have our own tradition. So the Hmong New Year, that's all the fun celebrating thing. Uh, but at home, we, we also uh, eat and we um, celebrate. And also at this time when we uh, have a big dinner, we also call on our ancestors and our past loved ones. And we also um, give thanks to them. And... Um, request that you know they watch over us and um help um provide oversight for this new year that is coming for us i mean our new year is like i guess like typical new year um you you have um you're with your family well in philippines again it's it's different from here from i mean in america 
um but in philippines it's like you're with like um people uh with your neighbors you guys are like firing like fireworks um like everywhere there's like i feel like there's no code for fireworks like in here (laughs) um and um and then in here in america we're just it's different um it's just well of course we're still with our family usually with immediate family um and then we just watch the fireworks from tv so it's like really kind of not the same as it is when you're celebrating in the philippines um that's what i kind of miss it's not Mm. kind of that fun um my last new year memory was that we were in my grandparents my mom's parents my grandparents house Uh um in the province and like kind of kind of like in the countryside um and that um they were like dancing together i remember that we were all together um for new year um and that was the last time i actually saw my grandmother because my Mm. grandmother passed away um two months after that we actually Mm. when um when we came here it was january like january 23 and then he actually she actually passed away on my birthday um yeah and i'm the first one who knew about it because my grandfather called our house i remember this my grandfather called um our house and he was like you know crying and Mm. i thought something was like it was like weird i was actually at home because for some reason i slept on a treadmill that it's not even working anyway that's like another story yeah so i slept on a treadmill so i didn't go to school on that day um and i picked up the phone it was my grandfather and i had to call my dad and my mom was um actually picking up my brothers to go to school i mean from school um and when she came back i my dad and my uncle because we used to live with my uncle at that time Mm. they came home and my mom was man it was like it was a lot (laughs) but Mm. it's just like having that you know i am the first one who who knew about that that was like broke my heart because it was also my birthday how old were you at that time um i think i was 13 well 14 because i just turned 14 at that that day um so yeah it was um it was a lot so like because i mean i grew up with my mom's mom i guess Mm. my maternal grandmother um my or we i i call we call her lola so all Mm -hmm. of you know our grandfathers it's lolo if it's like a grandfather if it's lola um if it's a grandmother so um yeah so with my i grew up with both of my maternal grandparents um i've only seen my other lola which is my dad's mom when Mm -hmm. she goes back to philippines for a vacation um but so and then you know when we came here that's when we actually just um kind of bonded um 
and met her. So, um, yeah. So it was it was hurtful. Um, it, it was really sad. So my mom had to because we weren't planning to go. I mean, we've been only here for like two months. My mom has to go back. Um, wow. That same I think same week. Um. So that that was a lot. It was. So anyway, <laughs> so um, I wanted to know um, with with your culture, do you guys have like um, like superstitions or like stories that are um handed down to to you guys as like another generation? We do, yeah. and I kind of broke it down. Of I I wrote down three um tradition beliefs i wouldn't say they're myths because Mm -hmm. maybe they are real (laughs) (laughs) so i kind of broke it down from you know when i was a kid what what was something that was told to me when i was Mm -hmm. a teen what was something and then when i became an adult Mm -hmm. uh what was something so um when i was a kid my parents would always tell me that i should not point to the moon because if you point to the moon, the moon will slice your earlobes oh. and you fall asleep. Wow. Yeah. And so if you happen to point to the moon, what you have to do to reverse that is you have to take your thumb and your index finger and kind of um, kind of rub it against your tongue so you can get some saliva. <laughs> and, and then rub your earlobes with it because wow. if you don't do that then you have a high chance of the moon coming to slice your earlobes when you fall asleep and i kid you not this <laughs> happened to my this happened to my niece really? so many times after she had point at the moon your your ears just don't slice you know like on a typical basis yeah. <laughs> wait so what happened to that so obviously her mom just put ointment on it but as a child you're you were taught to uh you know do the saliva method if you had pointed to the moon on accident so even now i i teach my kids that i said don't point to the moon or if i catch them pointing to the moon i said oh no you better get your saliva and rub it on your ear because you don't want sliced ears (laughs) oh man Wow. So, I yeah, I, I don't recommend you guys to try it, but if you guys okay. want to know if it, it works or not, try it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of like the same. Well, we have the same thing, but it's like if you, like, point your finger at night or, like, a tree at night, then you have to, uh, like, bite your finger because if you don't, you'll have bad luck wow yeah so it's like wow. <laughs> yeah so it's like weird um associated with the yeah, nighttime yeah. yeah it's like right and it was like i remember too like um like my my mom she doesn't like um uh sweeping at night because sweeping. that would yeah like sweep like broom um because that would like give us like bad luck because like she was um, saying that like I guess like the fortune or something it's gonna be thrown away yeah. or something like that but yeah yeah I mean I do you have like another one that you wanted to share 
Yes, I have. I have two more. So okay. this next one, uh, this next one was um, was told to me by my parents when I became like a teenager because you know um, this is when dating usually starts happening among teenagers, and so my parents used to always um, tell me stories of, okay, don't drink. Don't ever drink your other partner's blood because if you do, you'll be bonded with them for life, even after death. Oh. So um, they've always shared stories of like the blood bonded couple. Always, anytime when there is couples that like were uh, bonded by mm-hmm. blood, and if one die, that one will come and get the other one. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So oh. never, I never even like. I never done it, yeah. but I I have an old friend who did do this. Seriously? Um, yes, she oh. did do this, and I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. And I guess we we won't know until that happens. But it's it's because you're trading the blood of your your partner, and and so your your partner's drinking your blood like from like a cut from your finger, and then you're drinking your partner's blood, or just even getting a like a lick of it. It will bond you guys for life. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Well, first of all, I have questions, right? Um, like, we did your friend like do like a ceremonial thing? Or they just decide, well, we'll try this one. We'll figure out what's gonna happen. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. It's yeah. it's like a ceremonial thing. It's it's just there's no words. You don't need to say like, oh, right now we're switching yeah. and we're cutting each other and drinking each other's blood. It's it's definitely a ceremony, but there's no words involved. It's just hey hey you 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 know get a taste of my mm-hmm. blood and let me get a taste of yours because they know they know that this will bond them for life. Oh. Even if they break up in the future, this will still bond their spirits for life. Yeah, so being teenagers, of course, you think that you're gonna be with your your person yes. forever. So I don't know like their reason behind it, but I would assume that hey, uh, we want to be together forever because we are meant yeah. for each other forever. Wait, so which they, they didn't last. Let me say that. <laughs> okay, well, I was gonna say, are they still together? <laughs> no, they are not together oh. right now, and so Ooh. that's the thing. Even if you're no longer with that person, yeah. One day, if one of the two dies, they have to come back for the other one because they're bonded. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Do you guys have anything similar? I I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure there's out there, but I've just never heard of it. I mean, we have, like, do you guys have um I think it's like a venturing out again, but do you guys have like um they're not like witchcraft, but they're actually like help like a shaman. Do you guys have those? Yes, we do have yeah. shamans. So can can like shamans like break those bonds too? Not even that one. Shamans cannot break this bond because this bond was sealed with blood. And so this is like the devil's work, right? It's it's stronger yeah. that it's so evil that even shamans can't rescue anyone in this scenario. Jeez. So there's like no turning back. Like this is it. Like when you like exchange the bloods or 
anything that they've done they're just bonded forever bonded bonded for life however i would say that um all those all those shamans can't rescue any of the parties involved in this blood bonded moment um many people in the huang culture they seek out other religion Mm. as a rescue as a as a rescue so like many people become like christians Mm. um and so maybe that might help because then it's it's a whole new religion and if it's spiritual religion based um that's that's the thought that Mm. that it's behind the switch of religion Mm. yeah i mean because i'm thinking like while you were talking that i was like well my parents are very religious so um like i'm getting into their mindset or like you know people who are religious have christian values catholic values um i would say like can they like seek out um like a pastor or a priest or something to i guess to to end the bond mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just i'm not saying that it should be i mean i don't know if they want to be together <laughs> forever but um i mean like i mean from a from a religious standpoint like god is greater than you know than everything yeah. right so right. so so with this um can that be like um kind of i yeah, I think that can definitely be a um, a route to take. Yeah. Uh, because because many people in the Hmong culture they do seek out um, a new religion mm. when shamanism can't can't assist or can't um, can't um, how would you say it like cannot undo. <laughs> yeah, can't cannot undo. break. Yeah, I can't undo or break something that is. Um, going on that is negative for them in their life they do seek out new religions and so perhaps that could be a solution Mm -hmm. to break the blood bond but your friends didn't right or your friend didn't yet she's always um she was um when when we were teenagers her mother went to church and so she was Mm -hmm. never like in the shaman religion Mm -hmm. um so maybe that might be a benefit to her in the future uh, if if something happens and you know she wants to undo that blood yeah. bond, I think it'll be good for her to stay stay in a uh, religion that is not shaman. Yeah, that's interesting. See, that's why <laughs> I I I don't like no I don't deal with any of like spirits or witchcraft or things like that because I don't know they exist. Um, yeah, my fiance he like. He jokes around with me and he sometimes he just lost it because i i believe like i don't buy anything antique because um i believe (laughs) that sometimes like people's souls are like stuck in like a in uh i don't know like a sentiment value or material to them like okay first of all i am not buying any mirrors in (laughs) antique shops any dolls oh my god (laughs) jeez Um, because that would terrify me um 
I, I'm just, just scared. I'm just, nope, I am not going to um, just deal with it. I'm just going <laughs> to stay in this, you know, human world and stay here. <laughs> not going to venture out to, to, to the spiritual world. Um, so does that mean that you don't buy vintage either? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, all of, like, a joke. It, no like any furniture no no it has to i mean although like sometimes i don't know like in factories things happen you know but i just like no anything that came from um from from a person especially if i know died no no i got it um, okay, I understand. I, I just I just can't because I, I don't want to. I mean, it sometimes like they can visit me in like the dream world, you know, but not <laughs> in real life. No, like uh, no. So, I'm scared. Let me ask you this: yeah. Do you shop at thrift stores? I do. I do shop books. <laughs> <laughs> do you understand that some of those books belong yes. to, to see well okay no i got i got rid of those books i get i went back to the thrift store after i read it and then gave it back because i'm like mm -mm -mm, no. <laughs> i i do understand where you're coming from though yeah. there's like evil spirits and good spirits so yeah. what you know what happens if you buy something and there's like an evil spirit attached to it they yeah. might just you know ruin the energy in your home and your life yeah. no no i i don't even watch horror movies <laughs> I, like I, I would watch like gore like you know um i guess like massacre or like jason the 13th or whatever um, but I would never watch, um, uh, what do you call this? Um, what is that paranormal activity? Oh, like any like poltergeist things? I see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I am not going to. And okay. First of all, when I first watched Insidious, cause I think my cousins came from the Philippines and we we're going to watch Insidious. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, we watched Insidious and that night girl we had an earthquake like what? it was shake yeah it was like one of like like we were in vallejo and it was one of those like earthquake that you oh. really felt like the whole the building was like shaking i mean the the house was really shaking i was like nope see this is why i don't i, see. I mean wow. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure it's like no connection with that but that, i just see i just don't like <laughs> no no <laughs> um that makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah and you just yeah. don't mess with that kind of energy no nope anyway well, are you ready for that are you yes. ready for my third uh tradition that was yes. passed down yes. traditional belief so this one um i learned this when i was pregnant so uh -huh. this one has to do with pregnant women so after after a pregnant woman give birth they are restricted for 30 days from entering their parents house entering oh. other other home people's home that practice shamanism hmm. so there's a 30-day restriction we cannot go into 
anyone who practices shamanism in any of their homes. If we do, it's horrible. If we do, when we die, we will have to come back and clean their doorsteps before moving on to the afterlife. Wow. When you say claiming the doorstep, what does that mean? So there is a belief that there would be blood. Our blood would be on their doorsteps and we would have to come and clean our blood before we can move on to the afterlife because we had not abide to that rule of the 30 day um, of not entering a Hmong person's home because we did not obey that rule. Mm. There are some extra steps that we have to take before moving on after death. We have to come back and clean our clean our blood off. So it is believed that there is our blood on those people's doorsteps that we entered. Oh my god. <laughs> so when I was pregnant and I gave birth, okay. I did not go to anyone's home for 30 days. I and and you could go to other people's home yeah. as long as they don't practice shamanism. But if they do practice and you go and they're knowing that they practice, oh. then that is a repercussion after death that you will face. Damn. That's like horrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a lot so, of death and afterlife. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so I've never done this, but I think my sister-in-law or my niece did it and wait they went to like someone's home they went to someone's home with before the 30 day ended and i think it was uh, i think it was my sister-in-law or my niece one of them and um they were just nonchalant about it they're like Mm. well i'll be at your doorstep when i die And I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. Don't forget, don't forget to clean up your bloody mess yeah. after death. <laughs> your sisters are. <laughs> so it's like how I guess it depends on the individual yeah. and how how much they value like these these beliefs and yeah. you know. But yeah, still, it's like you don't know because you know it's just superstitions are really i mean i i get that it's like passed down from like generation to generation Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just wonder about spiritual word um i keep saying word world um so it's just i don't know it's out there yes fascinating it's yeah it's fascinating and you you brought up a good point it's like how how many generations (laughs) have been taught to, you know, don't drink blood of your loved one or don't point at the moon. Or... Yeah. Wow. That's like... freaky, though. I yeah, mean, I, I have, like, my own superstition, but it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> like, it Not doesn't negative. end with any, with, like, death <laughs> or cutting or slicing. <laughs> okay, give me it. All right. (laughs) These are like PG parental guidance, Um, you know, superstitions and not rated R's like yours. Um, um, So I'm this is what my mom always says to me, that if I sleep with my wet hair, it will make me crazy, blind or bald the next day. (laughs) 
So I'm just like, well, I'm already crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I mean, wow. yeah. So I was like, she always sells it, even like today, like the other day, like yesterday, because um, uh, I was just resting and um, I, you know, took a shower and I FaceTime with her, and she was like, you know, make sure that your hair is not wet. <laughs> We're going to sleep. I was like, Mom, oh my God. You've been telling this since I was like a teenager. So uh, anyway. I was just like, okay, mom. Well, I'm 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 yeah, I'm a bit crazy sometimes, but you know, fortunately. Um bald uh, maybe because I'm getting my dad's genetics. So uh, maybe later on. Um Anyway, this wow, one. That's, that's really funny. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's really like funny. one of those, like, eh. <laughs> um, but it's past, so okay. I'll just, you know, just let it be. Um, so the next one I have is, like, this is, I always hear this. Like, when you, like, venture out to, like, woods, um, and if you're, like, lost, like, you have to turn your clothes, like, inside out because um, mm. the elves are teasing you. So, like, mm. we have, like, a lot of, like, mythical creature. Um, and one of them is elves. Like, wow. one of them, too, is, like, if you see, like, an anthill, they say that there's, like, elves like in there and you should never like step on it oh. or you never kick the anthill wow. but it's just an anthill um so but i that one though i'm a little bit uh i follow that one because i was follow, like so you believe that one maybe maybe because because i don't want to have you know i don't know bad luck or something <laughs> but weird like i don't believe in ufos but i believe in elves so. <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway <laughs> nice um, what what other creatures do you guys have in in your um culture that you guys believe in so um we have like um we, we call them a swang a swang is like kind of like a vampire um mm. but well there's aswang and there's mananangal mananangal is like uh, okay that sounds creepy already yeah. <laughs> like, don't say it again <laughs> <laughs> all right the m word um is that it's uh like usually like a lady who oh. applies on like pregnant women um and so like she would like leave her half like her half body somewhere in the woods or wherever she lives and then her half top part would like fly away and she would like <laughs> go around to like uh like a pregnant um woman's like house and she would like um i guess like take the baby out of that ladies wow. yeah womb. yeah like she would have like a a, a tongue like this very long. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm laughing not because i'm being rude but because i'm terrified right now so. no it's just funny because you know where it's gonna go <laughs> 
I cannot stop laughing. Oh my god. I'm terrified right now. This is a terrifying laughter. <laughs> anyway. Well, we could we could have like another discussion of a mythical creature if you want cuz it just uh wow. it just freaks me out. But um, I'm just kind of thinking that, you know, like me sharing my stories and you sharing yours. It's pretty all these superstitions yeah. are negative. Yes. Do we have any positive superstitions? Um, well, this one is neutral. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> okay. So it says that if you drop like utensils, it means that someone's coming. So like if a spoon <laughs> falls. <laughs> it is neutral. It says that if a spoon falls, a woman will come. But if a fork falls, a man will arrive. So, <laughs> those just eh. So. As um, in, like, just visitors overall? Or, like. Yeah, I guess. Like, if I you just, see. like, I guess you're eating and you drop your, like, spoon <laughs> in the fork. <laughs> people would come. Depends wow. on the gender. Um, Very sexist. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, uh, very sexist. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So this one is um. This one I guess is neutral too, because it says that um. <laughs> let Let me decide. It's neutral. <laughs> it is. It says that um. You should jump on New Year's Eve so you'll get taller and grow faster. <laughs> so like that is. Oh, body shaming. <laughs> Girl, I've been trying this for so <laughs> <laughs> I never grew past five foot. <laughs> so, so you have um, done this before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every wow. freaking New Year's Eve when I was a kid. Um, wow. If you actually, I was like, if you're in the Philippines, I actually am a bit taller. Like when I was growing up, um, I was like one of the like tallest in like our um, school. So wow. um, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying wow because I know you're high right now. <laughs> I'm pretty short, so um, wow. Yeah, I anyway. So there's like, yeah, this is like not working for sure. Um, okay, this one, the last one, it just freaks me out. But it says that, and I, I actually knew about this when you were when I was young. It says that if you get a wound, uh, one, if you get a wound, I can't even say that. If you get like a bruise or or a wound. See, oh. my, my accent is coming out. Um, like, a grain of rice or, like, a train will come out of it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, that is creepy. Um, I even say, how do I say? Wound? Wound. Wound. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so that's kind of, like, the weird, I guess, like, superstition that um, wow. we have. So um yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> we had fun in the <laughs> with the superstitions and um you know like talking about our culture and getting you know getting to know uh, um about your 
like family how they went through but i think for me like i wanted to know like you have your own kids um so wait can i say that you have your own kids <laughs> yeah that's, that's a private <laughs> um so like you have your own kids and um with what you've learned from past generations or teachings that you learned from your own parents what like things that you want your own children to you know still uh, you know celebrate still maintain traditions are there like specific things that you want them to continue yes um you know with us talking about all these superstitions and just like some of them are like really scary and some of them are kind of silly but I I think that I will still instill these like traditional beliefs mm. into my children because these beliefs are from so many generations ago and it's like each time we're telling someone new like each time each parent is telling their kid they're they're passing on a piece of whichever generation that had passed through mm. and so I think it's important to our culture and to to our kids to still you know pass on these traditions whether they be true or not because they're a part of our people and we somewhat believe in these that's why we're passing we keep passing them on so I will definitely pass on these superstitions um and then they could be the judge of you know whether it's true or not um I would also pass on um my language um, as much as I can although that is not so common like for m me and my kids because I don't speak mom much uh, but I would I would do my best to pass on my language um, um, something that I would not pass on is this sexism and patriarchal um, society that comes with the Hmong culture so that's something that I will not be passing on and I tell my daughter um not every day but like every month I I remind her of how sexist the Hmong culture is and how as women we need to rise above so that's something that I will continue to instill in her is it like with the Hmong culture is like very is like the it's like the man is like the, the the man of the house i guess i should say or like the yes. husband like everything needs to be his way and just needs to go by him and that the wife is just gonna be someone who's on the side kind of in a way as far as like um making um how do i say it making decisions for the family things like that is that something that kind of common yes that's a very common the Hmong, yeah. Hmong culture it's a patriarchal culture so men are um the head of the family they make all those important decisions and although that may not be true nowadays for every family that is still very true and that's a conflict that i'm still seeing today mm. between Hmong men and Hmong women that Hmong women, we are voicing that this patriarchal system still exists within our culture, and Hmong men 
they don't believe that. Mm. Not only do Hmong men not believe this, Hmong women have joined Hmong men to silence Hmong women in mm. expressing themselves. And so it's very interesting because they don't see the bigger picture. They don't understand that, yes, patriarchy still exists in our culture. They're just so quick to blame these women for voicing their opinions. They're they're quick to say that um, it doesn't exist because maybe to them it doesn't, but it does mm. exist. And so yeah, this is a this is a challenge. So I have a question: Do Hmong communities in the United States mostly agree or disagree on societal or political issues? So something that I am seeing really prevalent right now in the Hmong community is their stance either for or against the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. As a Hmong woman, if I go on one of those threads on Facebook and say that I'm for Black Lives mm -hmm. Matter, people will um, attack me wow. and just say really nasty things. Because I've seen this. They will talk about, oh, you must like the BBD. Or, and I'm not sure if you guys know what that means, but what that means big, big black dick. Got it. So it's just these really nasty comments attacking any Hmong woman who share that they are in support of Black Lives Matter. And that makes no sense. And, and the part of me want to say, I'm sure BBD is, is great. And I haven't had the experience experiencing that, but what does that matter? Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's the same in in my community. It's it's just a lot of silence um, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, and there, um, there are instances where, um, I should say that like close to me, really silent about it. Um, about the issue because it does not, you know, pertain to them. Mm -hmm. um, it does not. It's not about in their culture. Why are they going to like join this movement? Um, yeah. But really, like, it breaks my heart because, like, for myself, I've, you know, coming here in America, there are, I guess, like stereotypes that I've learned. Throughout, mm -hmm. like I didn't even know what racism is until I came here in America. Wow. Yeah. Because I lived in in a country where we are the majority. Like mm. it's just Filipinos. Like, you know, foreigner foreigners are coming in, like Americans. Um they come to the Philippines, you know, just to to visit. But like the actual like racism and discrimination um that is something that i learned from like just living here and it's it breaks my heart that there's just a lot of silence and, and not a lot of support yes. um with what's happening um and it's hard to have this conversation with people who are close-minded. Yeah. Um, it's hard because 
our background <laughs> is i mean professionally it's it's to fight for justice yes and to fight for justice for equality yet the silence the neutrality the um the the term you know model minority um it's like just i'm so glad you brought that up um because it's i i never i never knew all of these things until i came here but now i'm just like realizing that i'm in i live through of like the stereotypical like outside of my culture and right now as a person who is like more educated more aware of what's happening um it's just really um hard um Mm. to to fight for something knowing that there are people that's around me that's not open to that kind of discussion um Mm. When you say oh, yeah. people around you, would you would you say those are like family members? Yeah, I, I <laughs> mean, I should say that. Um, I mean, reality, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's hard to have a. It's it's just really hard. Like, don't even start me with the LGBTQ because that's a different. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Um, it really hurts me. Um, to have that like sometimes having that discussion it like i have this like i'm the person who doesn't really get mad like right away but Mm -hmm. when it's like close to my heart and know that it's like wrong and i try to like explain it like i have this like feeling of anger inside of me that like Mm. boils up and so like every time i try to um i guess discuss or i try to defend something um i just like boil inside and it comes out as anger so i i i'm I'm, uh, i try to um kind of sell that feeling and so i'm able to converse more and really like um say what i want to say instead of anger because it it's it's so complicated um yeah yeah. it's so hard um but i mean i tried i should say i tried way before um but it's just so hard when i it's surrounded with that with that hate with that i would agree I would agree. I don't think it's ever easy to have these kind of very hard conversations with people in your family, people you're close to, because you know, you know them and you know that, um, you know how they are. And so I agree. It's, it's not easy, but I mean, um, I think it's great that you, you're trying and, and that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to continue to try to drop these little pearls on our, um, yeah. racist family members <laughs> I, I i do want to touch up on model minority yeah go ahead if i could yeah um i i'm really glad you brought that up because yeah. that that is what i've been talking about to 
to my nieces and we just really laugh about it because for some odd reason these Hmong people in our community the ones that are anti Black Lives Matter they're like positioning themselves on a pedestal as if they are the model minority however they don't understand that it's a myth (laughs) (laughs) model minority myth Hmong people are not part of that model minority Mm. but they're in this I guess this mindset that they are and so they think that they're also better and it's just it's just sad um because they don't understand that this movement will benefit all of us yeah and i don't think they will ever understand because they are small-minded but and i think that's what i want to change in the next generation if I have an opportunity to have my own children mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. to have an open conversation you yeah. know because yes. um, I, I feel like everything starts at home you know Oh, whatever yes. your teachings are again going back to what we learned the superstitions and things like that where did it come from it came from our own home yeah um so i think that's one of the things that i wanted to change have an open discussion have have an actual realistic conversation um yes i think that's really important for for kids to see that um and not you know sugarcoat things um i I mean in a way you want to protect them but at the same time they're going to be in the real world where they have to deal with um all of the issues that we have in our society and yes you know and of course you want your children to to fight for for equality to fight for um you know people who have been oppressed or who are facing racism discrimination but again i think just the bottom line is is that we at least for me I want to instill that um, in my own kids um, and again be open as much as I can and have a conversation um, with like everything Um, because I grew up I felt like I grew up that we don't really talk about feelings uh, um uh. I've learned jeez I've learned like talk about feelings as like an adult when I have to go to a counselor or like uh. with friends or with my yeah. fiance um like he's the one who actually taught me how to talk um uh. about what is you know what what I'm really feeling cuz I'm I'm so used to like just putting everything inside of me until i i guess blow up (laughs) um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i never learned that in my own family it's like if it's like you have a problem you pray you know Mm -hmm. you pray about it um which 
I don't mind. I, I don't mind praying. I, I sometimes, um, like I'm not, a, I guess, a perfect Christian or I, um, I do. I, I mean, I go to God if, if I need any help. Um, if it's too much and I can't, I talk to the universe um, and, and God and, you know, try to get me into the path. But sometimes, like for me, it's just not, um, I don't know. It's not about just prayers. It's also about actions. And yes. Um, I think that's more than just, um, I don't know, what prayers. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this. Um, but um, I don't know. Anything else? Anything that you felt that you wanted to instill with your, um, to your own, you know, kids and to the future generation? I, I would have to um, agree with you in regards to instilling, you know, open, open-mindedness, um, open communication, and just having discussions about what's really mm-hmm. going on and with reality and with society. Um, kids, kids are very smart. Even mm-hmm. when we were kids, we were very smart. Like, yeah. we, whatever we see on social media or or the media or what we hear around when adults mm-hmm. are having discussion is we could be included too if age appropriate yeah. Yeah. we should be included so that we are aware of what's going on um and so that's something that i i am instilling in my kids um i wish i wish when i was growing up that maybe my parents didn't have a term for patriarchy but mm-hmm. i wish that anyone like anyone in my family told would have told me that hey katara life is going to be a little more challenging for Mm -hmm. you than your brother just because you're female Mm -hmm. and that is the reason why he can go out whenever he want and for you you're like on lockdown Mm -hmm. and so if someone would have explained it to me maybe i would understood a little Mm -hmm. but because no one explained that to me that that was part of this system Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I, I w- was pushing boundaries. I, I just kept pushing my boundaries. And I don't call it rebelling because rebelling mm-hmm. is is normal and it is healthy for every teenager. But really, I was pushing mm-hmm. boundaries. That's like, okay, you're telling me I'm a girl and I can't do this, but mm-hmm. my brother's doing this. Let me push my boundaries. Let me see what I can do and what you're going to tell me. So mm-hmm. I think just... I think that's like, commendable like at a young age you know that there's some type I guess of like dysfunctionality or no I mean like in a way of how culture works or how patriarchal system works that that it's not fair that there's um there's discrimination really as far as like um, for women who, which yeah. I still don't get, because they're they're human beings. They're um part of the family, yet it seems like you don't have any voice in your no own. voice. 
many restrictions yeah. and and as a little girl growing up in this kind of family yeah. who abids by this system it instills in me that I'm to do what a man tells me to do mm-hmm. and although I know that that's not right it's like ingrained in me yeah so it's it's pretty sick and it's sad so yes. so I think that that's something that as for us for have a responsibility for the next generation to yes um really instill equality and and justice um for others and for for ourselves as well with that i think we'll we'll end this conversation here and if you have anything else katara that you wanted to add um no i i think i do agree we had a great discussion and thank you for having me yes of course and pretty sure you know if you like this again we'll definitely um do a second part maybe like really talk about the mythical creature (laughs) (laughs) there's more creatures yeah there's more creatures and myths and things like that so um i'm gonna end this um podcast today um i hope that everyone have um a good night morning whenever time you're listening to this and um i appreciate that you um had the time to listen to my first episode of podcast um if you guys want um definitely let me know if you want to be part of this um and we'll have some fun discussion about um culture getting to know you and you know exchange mythical creature stories (laughs) like what we did with (laughs) Katara today um all right have a, a good night everyone and have a good night katara thank you again for um you know giving me an opportunity to interview you and getting to know your family you're welcome okay. good All night right. everyone good night.